0: Thursday, August 19th, 2021, day five, part B, 8.55 AM, did not sleep well last night. There's this annoying thing that started happening the past couple years where I wake up after two hours of sleep because I have to pee. Well, that happens about 99% of the time. And then I often go back to sleep then. But now, about 25% of the time, I'm just awake then, just awake. Nothing bothering me per se. Sometimes my body's aching from cove hit class or beach volleyball and an ibuprofen might help. Or I have to get up out of bed and do a hamstring wall stretch to help settle my hips and back because I have some chronic pain. And then I can fall back asleep. But sometimes I am just awake for at least an hour. I'll listen to a podcast, try laying with my head at the other end of the bed, read a fiction book. I can be up for two hours sometimes. And that happened last night. And apparently it's part of the hormonal changes in perimenopause. And... Because I do not think this word is well understood, let me explain more. Menopause is when a woman stops having her period and one year has passed since her last one, which is presumably then her last period ever. Perimenopause is the whole time period leading up to that from when a woman first starts having her end of her fertility hormonal shifts. So perimenopause and its unpredictable hormonal fluctuations can last for years. This can be periods coming more frequently and then eventually less and less frequently. Sleep disturbances, mood changes, irritation, brain fog, waking up in the middle of the night with itchiness. That one's driving me a bit crazy right now. Whiskers on your chin, hot flashes, tiredness, weight gain, especially in the belly area. And... It can vary greatly in when it starts, your late 30s, your mid-50s, and it's a different experience for each woman. But it is real. Anyway, that's my PSA for today, and by that I mean perimenopause service announcement. Butch, I'm drinking tea right now, making some food, and thinking about how not sexy I feel after a poor night's sleep. I don't even have any kids, pets, or a structured job that I have to get up early for. Or another person in my home who I have to pretend to be nice to on mornings like this. 10.16 a.m. There's some interesting text messages to share. The maybe cares too much about humor guy. Well, we were texting last night some when I was at the beach music movie thing. And I had said something about leaving before the movie because I had to pee badly This morning, he wrote back, the bladder can be quite dictatorial sometimes and must be appeased. (laughs) All right, he's a punny guy, and I do love me my puns. But I don't know, something's off. I can't tell until we have a phone call. And I told him that actually I'm game for a call tonight, but it will likely be about 9 p.m. after beach volleyball and dinner. And he said that was fine. And then there's praying mantis guy. We first messaged a week and a half ago, and today out of the blue he messaged through Hinge asking me out for a drink. I call him praying mantis guy because of how I responded to his rather trite dating app question. His opening message to me was, why is such a pretty girl like you single? Uh, There are so much in those nine words that is so wrong. First of all, it's just so unoriginal. Second of all, the use of girl for a 48-year-old woman. But more importantly, saying something like that is based on the assumption that if he perceived me as unattractive, it would make sense that I was single because only women deemed conventionally attractive deserve a man. And that how could I be single if I'm attractive also indicates the belief that I have no agency in my dating choices. That is, if a man thinks I'm attractive, then that's all it takes to date me. But maybe, just maybe, being single is actually a choice because I'm not willing to settle for anything less than a good fit for me. So instead of ignoring his message or responding right away with my reactive hostility, I did something I don't usually do. But I thought it would be really funny to post, anonymously of course, I'm not going to say his name, what he wrote to my Facebook page so that my Facebook community could Respond with clever answers. And I was not disappointed. I mean, funny, funny responses to that. I was so impressed with people's cleverness. So I took one of the suggestions from my friend Haley, which was unfortunately, like the female praying madness, I bite my lover's head off after mating. I actually responded with exactly that. And to this dude's credit, he pretty quickly replied, So your fetish is killing afterwards? I much prefer a shower and food afterwards. Touche! Perhaps you're not as trite as I thought, praying mantis guy. (laughs) But I don't know that I want to go out for a drink because it does not look like we have anything in common. So it sounds like just a painful first date. Every time I think, ah, let me give him a chance, it is always painful. But side note, I wanted to share a few of the other fantastic one-line responses from my Facebook community in response to the, why is such a pretty girl like you, single. My dad doesn't have enough sheep and cows for an acceptable dowry. I just got an amazing deal on batteries at Costco, runs forever, doesn't need a break. For starters, being pretty is the least interesting thing about me. I don't know. Ask my six ex-husbands. I want my cats to grow up in a stable environment. (laughs) I love that. I haven't met anyone yet who can keep up with me sexually. I see dead people. And the final one, because I'm also smart. Oh my God, I loved these. 12.19 p.m. I just called to schedule a follow-up breast MRI. It will be my third breast MRI in the past eight months. You know what feels the opposite of sexy, open, comfortable, and fun? A breast MRI. I'm at high risk for a breast cancer and therefore have a high level of surveillance each year with multiple types of appointments. For a breast MRI, I'm in just my panties and a gown that opens in the front And one or two techs help me open the gown, lay face down with my breasts hanging down into the contraption. It's very physically uncomfortable and very emotionally vulnerable. Although overall, the medical folks have always been wonderful. And I most definitely appreciate that I live in a country and a state where I can afford to have health insurance coverage for at least a decent chunk of these procedures. And also that I can be so preventative. You know what else? isn't sexy? The whole save the tatas or save second base jokey marketing around breast cancer fundraisers. I hate them. And I've hated them for at least 20 years. And I'm a big fan of inappropriate sexual humor, as you probably noticed. But this one feels different. It feels trivializing. Like it's objectifying women's bodies through the lens of cancer, which is not sexy or funny. It's scary and it's shitty. And you can raise money without this type of unclever crap. 1:44 p.m. Bam, bam, bam. I'm knocking shit off my list for work projects today, which feels productive, but very heady. So disconnected from my body. But let me update you on Henry. Our last text exchange last night was him asking about my day and me replying about having a tough client session, doing a lot of writing, and being called a Cuomo apologist. He replied this morning, acknowledging none of those topics, and just saying that he's so happy he passed his test yesterday. So yesterday he passed a big test related to his career, and seems to be much chattier now, and was even saying he wanted to come down to San Diego to celebrate. I was happy to celebrate with him last night over text, because yay, I love celebrating people's successes. And he also asked if he came down, if I'd bring him to my local spot, and I replied, I know a couple good spots. But in a short time period today, he also sent these messages in response to things I was sharing. You're not as dumb as you look. And I replied, sure know how to make a girl feel good. And he replied, oh my God, I was completely kidding. And then went on to ask what I was up to today. So I responded with some various work and social activities, including the latest hinge guy who asked if we could talk tonight. He responded, Hope he's not a catfish. And later, when we were texting about catfishing, I shared a recent experience with a man who thought that my profile might be a catfishing one, which was funny and kind of flattering, honestly. He replied, like, you were too hot for your picks? And I responded that the guy found me attractive, and as well, since I'm an expert in sex, an author, beach volleyball player, all of that together. And he replied, he thought you were attractive? quickly followed up with a "lol jk." Alright, I'm done with this stupid game of joking about insulting someone. We're fucking adults. This is ludicrous. Not sexy. And then he asked me about the most crazy or fun place I've hooked up in public, which isn't an uncommon question for guys to ask me. And in person, I'm happy to share fun stories like this. But not at this point over text. He doesn't feel emotionally mature enough and safe enough and I don't want to share anymore. But instead of ghosting, (laughs) and because I'm endlessly a sociological buzzkill, I wrote, so what are you doing with comments like this one? And I cut and paste, he thought you were attractive. And then I wrote, is that your sense of humor or how you flirt? Or are you intentionally negging? It's odd for me. (laughs) Two hours later, he still hasn't responded after we had had an ongoing banter earlier this afternoon, I really didn't want to shut it down. I just really wanted to know what the fuck he was doing because it wasn't fun, clever or interesting. This negging, this this jokey being mean as a tactic with women, Jesus Christ, no wonder I don't flirt with young guys. And side note, my listener friend, do you know the research that both women and men want partners who are funny? But for women... That means a man who makes them laugh. And for men, it's a woman who laughs at their jokes. That's about right. And I can see why I'm a tough date for men. I mean, I love to laugh. I have an easy laugh. But it's only a certain kind of humor I enjoy. Ugh! I can't believe how much a bad night's sleep is like wearing shit-colored glasses for a day. I could get away with poor sleep when I was younger and still be fine. And when I'm with a lover for a few days of excitement, I can still pull it off because all of the neurochemicals of desire and connection and pleasure and excitement. But otherwise, ugh, oh, makes this whole seven-day challenge feel ridiculous and me just annoyed with messaging men because I'm not intellectually stimulated or cleverly amused and I just don't feel great about my body or in my body. 205 p.m. I'm looking at my Dr. Jen's Den website analytics right now. I've written blogs and created videos and done media interviews on so many topics over so many years, and it's always been hard to predict which ones will get the biggest draw to my website when people are Googling for what I have to offer. And I want people to find me when they're looking for a speaker or an expert to interview on mindful intimacy, effective communication, they're looking for a thoughtful commentary on socio-sexual or gender topics, how to improve their relationships, compassionate consent. But you know what one of the main searches, one of the main things people are Googling that leads them to my website? Anal sex with hemorrhoids. I'm apparently who people find when they're looking for an asshole expert. To be fair, I have two articles on my website that they're finding. Both are interviews for publications. And one of them was with Playboy, actually, which is really very cool. And I get it. If you're wanting some, "Mm, mm, give me some anal play, I get it. Who can you talk to for reliable information about whether that's a good idea or not? If you have hemorrhoids or does anal sex cause hemorrhoids? So since I know people out there care about these topics, I wanna do a bit of myth-busting and sex education here. First off, I think when some people think of sex and anything anal, they just think of anal sex, full penetration with a penis into the anus. But anal play can involve fingers, toys, from anal beads to the butt plugs I mentioned on day one, to strap-ons for pegging. It can also be licking, sucking, massaging. The anus has a lot of nerve endings and having them stimulated can feel incredibly pleasurable. And with a finger up the ass, men can enjoy prostate milking, as it's called, to experience a full body orgasm. But the anus is really tender, does not self-lubricate with thin tissue, and it can tear and bleed. So it's really, really, really important to be relaxed. You have to want anal penetration not just be doing it to please or pacify someone else. And you need to use plenty of lube. You could use like a thicker water-based lube or instead you could use a silicone-based lube. And your partner needs to go slowly and be in communication with you and attuned to you the whole time. And apparently up to 75% of folks will experience hemorrhoids at some point in their lives. So it's totally normal. Now, if you're interested in anal play, but worried about aggravating your hemorrhoids, which it definitely could, all the advice I said above really applies. And actually practicing on your own with a good lube, your finger or a smaller toy that has a base on it, and taking intentional relaxing breaths is a good starting point. The anus has two sphincter muscles And you need to be relaxed and patient for both to open. So practicing on your own might be really helpful. So does anal play cause hemorrhoids? The best of what I can find from medical experts out there is no. It can aggravate them. It can cause bleeding and pain, but it doesn't cause them. And it can feel damn good. But you have to want it for you, no one else. And for the women out there, having other parts of you stimulated at the same time, like nipples or clitoris, can reduce the awkward not sure if this feels good physical sensations and switch you into higher gear of, damn, this is arousing. And, not surprisingly, it can be messy. So depending on when you had your last bowel movement and how complete that was, it may get a little messy, so having towels, water nearby maybe latex gloves, definitely condoms. Having all of that handy and using all of that can make cleanup much easier. Oh, and I totally forgot. It's Anal August. That is actually a thing. Anal August. So it's a good time to experiment and learn more about your body and pleasure. 3:35 p.m. Oh boy, stay out of my way. I just stood in line for 45 minutes at a governmental office and the staff They were kind and as efficient as they could be. But it was horribly inefficient overall. And I'm not good at standing in lines because, you know, it's just annoying and feeling like a waste of time. But it also actually hurts my lower back and hips. And once I was back in my car, though, I realized that I really didn't eat enough today. And I'm kind of hangry. No, I'm like really hangry. I thought I ate enough today. I did not. No more texting anyone until I get another solid meal in me. 4.14 p.m. Eating and feeling better. And I realized maybe that despite feeling like I ate adequately today, I've actually was eating substantially less because the thought of being naked with a 28-year-old dude has fucked with my head and my body image. My body image is already not great living in SoCal and having weight gain due to hormonal shifts, etc. It all impacts my sense of self-worth and confidence. p.m. I showed up to beach volleyball and helped set up the net with three guy friends. I have no interest in bringing my sexual energy to this activity. I'm here to be competitive, challenge my body and mind, and have fun. 7.45 p.m. Leaving volleyball, had a lot of fun and played relatively well, but I feel dizzy. I was laying on the ground with alternating leg up a palm tree, the hamstring stretch I mentioned earlier, and hip realignment that helps with my lower back pain. And looking up at the sky with the palm trees in the foreground, it's usually fun and almost funny. But today I felt dizzy. I know I'm well hydrated. I'm going to go eat dinner now. But this is odd, and I feel irritable. My ex-boyfriend, who I've mentioned before, who's one of my close friends, even said, let Jen go now. She's crabby. He was correct. five p.m. I postpone my first date call with maybe cares too much about humor, dude. I pretty much never cancel on anyone that I've made plans with. As a lover of quality time and someone who honors when she gives her word to someone, it's something I rarely do. and I don't love when it's done to me too frequently. But tonight... I'm showering, eating, reading, and going to bed. I'm in no shape for a first date, even if it's just a phone call. 8.48 p.m. I'm thinking about how many years it took me to accept the big role that hormones play in our lives. I didn't want to believe that PMS could really be a big thing because I had learned through sociology that socialization by society, parents, media, etc. played a much larger role than our genetics and physical bodies. I think it felt like weakness and giving in to admit that hormones are big players in humans. In the long run, I came to see that this was quite naive position. And as I sometimes feel at the whim of shifting hormones, I know that I actually take my power back by accepting and working with my hormones instead of denying them and honoring the valuable and huge role they play for humans and for me, even when it feels crappy. 9.08 9.08 p.m. I wrote to Henry again, just saying, For real, I'm just trying to understand what you were doing. And he replied, LOL, I was joking. I thought it was funny because of course you're attractive. Nah, I don't know. This just feels stupid. Poor use of my emotional and mental energy. 9.40 p.m. Dude, The maybe cares about humor too much guy sent a video he thought was cute with a baby making noise and dancing and a dog banging on a piano and howling because I think he thought this would make me feel better. I actually hate videos of dogs howling. He's not the first man to send one to me thinking it's hysterical. It is not, at least not to me. But I want to step back a moment from being a negative Nelly here. He was very kind in his response to me about postponing our first call and around me not feeling well. And that matters. He's clearly a kind man, and I appreciate that. But I am a little obsessed with figuring out the sense of humor thing.